0: Welcome to the Health Tech Invest podcast powered by Nutera Ventures, your guide to healthcare investing. Join us as we explore interviews with pioneering entrepreneurs, investors, and innovative leaders, helping you spark innovation in the world of venture capital investing. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Clues from the Health Tech Invest podcast. I've got an exciting guest for everyone. Her name is Ulrika Silent, and she is the CEO and managing partner of Neoplast. Ulrika, you've got An incredible background, and I won't give it justice if I've described it to our fans. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and your background.
1: Okay. Thanks, Tom. And yeah, hello, everybody, and a very warm welcome also to our audience today. My name is Ulrike Seiler. I'm German, and I work as CEO and managing partner at Neoplasmid. Neoplasmid is an emerging medical device company And our roots are, yeah, based in Greifswald. Greifswald is in the north part of Germany, very close to the Polish border, And that's where we started as a spin-off 2009. And yeah, as part of the uh, Leibniz Institute for Plasma Science and Technology. And we are focusing actually on one of the, yeah, biggest medical challenges. Which are acute and chronic wounds. And exactly at that point is our technology coming in the revolutionary plasma jet. So I started four years ago in the medical device business or sector. I bring over two decades of global sales, marketing and leadership experience from the fast moving consumer goods sector. My background includes yeah, senior executives, but also CEO positions in corporate business like Kraft Foods and Mondelez, but also in mid-sized companies and with responsibilities across the world, like in Europe, Asia, Middle East, and and also in South Africa. I studied business economics and uh, did later also an advancement management program, and yeah, it was indeed a big step for me, moving from fast-moving consumer goods at that time um, into healthcare. But yeah, I have already or always this very deep-rooted fascination for healthcare. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I always laugh and can bring a lot of energy into that what I do. And that's why I yeah go with that nice message of Walt Disney: If you can dream it, you can do it. And I that was it. exactly what, uh, yeah, what in, to take that job at that time. And yeah, so far I, there was no second at all <laughs> since I started that journey where I regret uh, this decision. Yeah, that's a background on my business side, on, on my personal side, out of work. I'm passionate about sports. I love skiing okay.
0: as I'm coming Lovely. from the
1: south uh, of Germany. I love okay. the mountains. But also like uh, yoga, I like to go to art exhibitions. And as well, my family and my friends are also very important. I love to bring people together. I have really a passion for that. Very cool. So, yeah, I'm very excited to be here today and to share with all of you my experience so far on my journey in the medtech business.
0: Awesome. Awesome. It's such a pleasure to have you. Very honored. Thank you for joining us. And I know the listeners are going to appreciate it quite a bit. You mentioned the Walt Disney quote, which I think is really cool. Some people, they dream about warm places, sunshine, sitting on a beach somewhere in the south of France. But you appeared to have had a dream about cold plasma and the healthcare world. (laughs) What sort of inspired this, right? You made this, I love, you mentioned the shift from consumer goods to the healthcare space. Tell us about what drew you to this role, specifically the company.
1: Yeah. As I mentioned before, I had always a passion for healthcare.
0: Mm-hmm. I did
1: also an, an internship at that time. But then as I also had the passion for business economics and love to, yeah, first of all, work with international cultures and second, also learn how to build a business, I decided at that point to study business economics. So it was for me actually when this role came up, it was actually like a gift for me. But yeah. I was also at a stage where I've been thinking, do I further continue in the corporate life or do I embark and become a pirate uh, and go yeah. into the adventure? And yeah, I decided uh, to go into the adventure for the reason I wanted to lead a business. I wanted to steer a business. I wanted to have the full responsibility and to develop something. That was the reason why it inspires me. So that was the two reasons. First of all, I could go on the adventure. And second, I had the opportunity to go exactly into the role or into a sector where I have also a lot of passion for it. And I always wanted to go there.
0: Very cool. Very cool. It's interesting, before I took this role as the head of investing at Natera Ventures, I had never heard of cold plasma before, but got to know it very well as part of this role. And now it's a big part of, of our investment focus as well as I see how transformative it is for the medical space. Tell us a little bit about cold plasma technology. Tell us about you know what you're doing As a mission oriented company in the healthcare space.
1: Yeah, maybe let's start a little bit with cold plasma. What is cold plasma?
0: Good idea, good idea.
1: Cold plasma is actually, it's an ionized gas. So if you think of the four matters of state, solid, liquid, gas, and like the more energy you add, that means when you add more energy to gas, then you Mm -hmm. create plasma, cold plasma.
0: And when you say um, energy, you mean electricity, right? It's electricity. It's like a lightning bolt. Yeah, gotcha, Yes, gotcha. Exactly. exactly. A controlled lightning bolt. Very nice, very yeah. nice. Yeah.
1: And we call it cold plasma because it's on body temperature. Okay. And in this kind of order, the key components in the plasma, like reactive species, electromagnetic fields, a little bit temperature, and also a little bit UV, And I can proudly say the Institute for Plasma Science and Research, where we are the spin-off, two scientists, they have been the ones with a few others with that cold plasma can induce wound healing processes. And I would say that was actually the starting point of the whole journey. And they discovered that to really think about where can we, let's say, use this in what kind of medical challenges, and then it was um, quite obvious, for example, in in chronic wounds, in infected wounds. So that was the starting point where the Leibniz Institute also, yeah, has acted like an incubator to develop the basic technology. It was handed over. It was then the knowledge transfer of the technology to Neoplasmid. Yeah, and we brought it to the markets together at that time with them. We received a CE certificate and the CE certificate in medical means that you get, that you have a safe product and that you are allowed and able to produce and to sell the product.
0: Wow. So a CE, so the, this is the C mark, which is it's the equivalent... Yeah, this is the equivalent of, for the listeners out there, for those of you that don't know, this is the equivalent of the FDA in Europe. Is that right, Ulrika? Yes,
1: that's correct. It's for Europe and the FDA is, yeah, for U.S.
0: Very cool. Very cool. And the plan, right, the plan is to bring cold plasma to the world, right? Is that the goal?
1: Yeah, absolutely. My vision is, let's say, to bring cold plasma into the clinic workflow, so to really establish as a standard operating procedure. So, first of all, cold plasma can be used in different indications. We talked a lot about infected and chronic wounds, but the field is big, so there are also opportunities to use it like in dentistry, in ophthalmology, in like with ear infections. But also we are started or embarked like research in skin cancer in often in oncology. Yeah. So even there is, I would say, the best evidence there today for um, acute and chronic wounds, and for the other indications, what I mentioned, there is still to be built some evidence. But we know already that there are the opportunities there, and this is outside, let's say, on the skin. But there are also opportunities to go incorporeal on a later stage. So what I can say, because the therapy has so far no undesirable side effects and does not do any resistance building because it's a physical treatment. Sure. So I think, yeah, this is really a huge opportunity. That's why I strongly believe for us as a company that we can become a unicorn.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's not a doubt in our mind. That's why we invested in the company and why we're so excited to continue to help the business grow. I really love that. Obviously, it's been a while since we made our first investment in the company. It's interesting because we are somewhat of a unique investor. We're a corporate VC, but we do have operational chops. It's just for some of the listeners out there who might be bringing technologies our way as potential investment partners. What's it been like not to put you on the spot? But what's it been like working with Natera as an investor and a strategic partner?
1: So for me personally, it's very important to be successful with a revolution of technology that you have, first of all, the right strategy. Right. So in terms like, why does the company exist? Then also the strategy, what we need, and also like the tactical activities behind. So that's the first part where I think mm-hmm. when you look for a strategic partner, we need to have a fit. Yes. And the second thing is then to have the right people. You need to have the right people in your team and you need to have the right people when you look for a strategic partner. And then when it comes to the strategic partner, I can just say, and then I would love to link back now also uh, to Niterra. With Niterra, we have, first of all, a great strategic fit. Because Nitera does in the spark plug the host, hot plasma, yes. and we are very complementary with cold plasma. And second, in terms of the people, for me personally as a CEO and and managing partner, so with the responsibility also for the shareholders and for my team, it was very important to find the right partner, to have a to get a strategic partner on board. Where are you? share the same vision, and uh, that's the great thing also working with Netera, with you, Tom, and your team, but also with Appreciate. the other colleagues like Glenn, and but the entire, I would call it the entire Netera team, yeah. first of all, having a trustful relationship. Trust is the basis, but also when you feel that there is support, that's also a big thanks to you and the entire team. We always, yeah, Received support from yourself, in ter- from you, in terms of network, in terms of really how to bring everything together during did your diligence during now looking into our future. We had that nice workshop together where we talked about what is our vision. So yes. sharing the same vision, getting from your side, but also an understanding that. What we experienced, it takes a little bit longer than expected to uh, get the business fly. So there's big potential. So you need to have a partner who understands, who brings also in the passion and the patience. If things are not going that fast as expected. to, to, (laughs) To sum up, so it's the strategic fit. It's having the right people from both sides of the team. It's the trust, it's, yeah. And then at the end, the understanding for the business and the support and the commitment. And we are now currently in discussion with the third financing round. (laughs) So that means there is commitment. And that's what I highly appreciate and what makes me happy. And I love to work with a strong strategic partner and not with many partners.
0: I appreciate you saying that. No, it's been such a wonderful journey now. I think we're going on almost two years since we made the first investment and it's been incredible, right? It is it is a transformative technology. It is a bit ironic that a spark plug manufacturer that's been producing hot plasma for automotive enter the medical space with a cold plasma button. The fit is there. And for all you physics nerds out there, There is a physics link here. There's some similarities in terms of our ceramics business, our materials business, which actually allowed us to make Equal Plasma to begin with. And it's amazing to to see that technological link create an adjacency into healthcare. Obviously, in addition to our existing medical business, right? We have a pretty large medical business that sells that to hospitals.
1: and I think also from your side and from our side, for you is quality improvement, which is the same for us. You that's are right. working with precision Well, you're technology. German, of course. <laughs> yeah. And you are also focusing on a precision technology, yeah. the same as us. So I think there is really a nice linkage also, which is really important.
0: That's right. That's right. But we always say we're high-volume precision engineering. Yeah. And that comes from our Japanese roots. And as I've discovered with having a German boss, our chief innovation officer Dirk Schapler, who's German, for Germans, quality is of of utmost importance. So very much important around the engineering side, manufacturing postulates. German and Japanese are very similar in that. regard. So it's very hard yeah, for.
1: And that that feels me also proud that we are developed in Germany, we are oh. produced in Germany, so we are yeah. made in Germany.
0: Absolutely. So now that you mentioned that, I want to double-click on that a little bit. Some of the best medical technology has come from Germany and from watching many documentaries about the pharma and medical device space, they always say that Germany is the strictest, right? It's the strictest model within healthcare. And if you can, and very oftentimes, the best companies in the history of time within medical have started in Germany and expanded outward. Tell our listeners a little bit more about that. Why is that? Tell us a little bit about the German culture and how it's influenced your building of this business.
1: But you mean now more focused on the cold plasma or you mean in general terms?
0: Both. I think it's important because it's, I find that the Dock region, Germany specifically, Mm -hmm. is very strict when it comes to regulatory, right? It's very strict on regulatory. It's in customers in Germany, hospitals are very strict with what they let into their, to their ecosystem. And so maybe you can speak a little bit about your own personal journey, and then we could probably derive some generalities
1: from that. Mm. Yeah. Germany itself, I would say, has in terms of engineers or developing like medical devices, I think a kind of stake. So they can be proud of that. Uh, that's one thing. And second, that's what you mentioned, uh, that's absolutely correct. It's Germany is very much focusing on that a medical device is really safe. It has to be safe. Yes. It has to be matching yes. spe- specific standards, yeah. but now it's not anymore Germany. So there was a German medical device regulation, like you had it in also in other markets. Mm-hmm. Now we have the European medical device regulation. So which sets the standards even higher as it was before. But what I can Tom, this is really a difficult question.
0: Sure. It is a difficult question. It is a difficult is, question. It, it but but it you're answering it. And I love that. So you're let's double click on those themes. So it sounds like yeah. regulation is hard. Customers within Germany have very strict protocols. And because of that, because of some of the the underlying regulation, I think it it makes it the most difficult market to, to build a device company, right? Yeah. It's very difficult. And they say so, it works in Germany. And, and the history of Germany, actually, interestingly enough, is we are, like our medical bodies, our, our AMA, and some of the fundamental understanding of medicine today is influenced by German research, right? And so there's a longstanding history there of influencing our medical ecosystem. And so it's this kind of, this carries itself into this, into the 21st century. Yeah.
1: So I think regarding Germany, when we think on one side, it's Mm -hmm. having, let's say a device with a CE certificate. So that you have the high quality standards, your device is safe and you can produce it and you can sell it. That's one thing. But the second uh, thing, which is even more important, Mm. is to get the reimbursement. Yes, yes. Because that's the prerequisite that your product flies at one point, because it's quite hard and challenging if you don't have a reimbursement, if Mm -hmm. people need to pay it out of pocket or, yeah, to really uh, make the device and the therapy available for a broad audience, for everybody, which is also our target. Mm -hmm. We need to have Mm -hmm. the reimbursement. And here are the regulations also. It's a very high standard. If I think back when I started, then 2021, I started the process for the reimbursement. That was my first step. You're ahead of the curve. (laughs) Yeah. And you received, let's say, the resolution from uh, the German health authorities that they see a potential for the therapy for the That's they call incredible. it the, the, the method, which is great, but they still believe there need to be another randomized control study to demonstrate for the patients the benefits absolutely. So, and now we are leading like this process, and starting now, we already are quite far with the study design. However, it will still take another let's say 3 years until we get the reimbursement but
0: sure.
1: sure. then when you think back i started 21 and then we have now 23 so We're almost there. probably We're yeah almost there. 27 it's 6 to 7 years which is really a process and it needs patience you need to keep your passion And if you don't have a strategic partner, it needs a lot of money to survive.
0: Yes, yes. So for some of the listeners out there who may or may not be new to healthcare, why is reimbursement so important? What is reimbursement? What does it mean? Mm -hmm. Who's getting paid and who's paying the bill?
1: Yeah. So who is paying the bill? The insurance companies. The insurance
0: company? Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So
1: having a reimbursement says that the insurance companies are paying the bill. If you don't have a reimbursement, like in the in, in private practices, so excluding hospitals yes. are different, but then people would need to pay it out of pocket,
0: and that would be expensive. Not everybody
1: expensive. is wealth enough, also, uh, yeah, to pay for that. Sure, because, sure, because it depends also how long it will take to heal a wound, for example, chronic wounds. Can be quite challenging, and people are really or patients are suffering for quite a long time. You can achieve great results even after eight eight applications, mm-hmm. but still, really to close it, it still will take a time. time. And it has a lot to do: with how old is the wound, and uh, how complex? Yeah,
0: it's heartbreaking. We'll get into the chronic wound market in a little bit, but. Before we go there, I wanted to double click on the, the German theme here. So because you're situated where you are, so you're headquartered in Greifswald, but you also have a team in Berlin and throughout Germany. Tell us a little bit about the team that you've had the opportunity to assemble because you're based on where you're based, right? And I think it's your engineering team that's pretty incredible here. Obviously, your sales and marketing team are rockstar. Your growth team is rockstar, but your ger- your engineering team that I've had the privilege of meeting are some of the best. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Since I started uh, four years ago, it has been also a journey. I would say we had big development of the team. Yeah. Sure. So, which means, which is quite normal. That people stay on the train or stay on the train, <laughs> stay on the boat, and others leave the boat. So hopefully, we, they have life rats. <laughs> yes, we still have, let's say, we have the engineers, we, they are really an asset. We have like our from quality management or the regulatory yes. part, Fair. the responsibility is still on board, which is really fantastic. And also in finance. Yeah, we also, as I mentioned, had a development. we got great new people on board, passionate people for the therapy. And in addition, I have still to say Greifswald is an amazing place, but it's not so easy to approach. So getting new people on board, I'm very happy that we have the opportunity now with Niterra together to offer like hybrid solutions so that people can commute between Berlin and Greifswald. so that everything becomes a little bit more flexible. Mm-hmm. But the assets are for sure technology development because moving forwards, we have at the moment one milestone, which is our plasma jet, but moving forward, we have to have new products going into new indications, driving the internationalization. And to make that happen, we need to have more people on board. We need to have better and, and, and more capabilities which means also the engineers to enlarge here, the team. We have now a great R&D, acquired a great R&D director with great capabilities, very much appreciated by the entire team. So the family is growing, uh, which which is very important. And we have big plans also for 24 now also to extending the team with definitely, let's say, a doubling. The plan is more or less almost doubling the team, the current team.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Is this, I know you, you have a long standing history of being a business unit leader at a large corporation. Is this your first time as a CEO or have you been a CEO before? And what's made this different than other companies? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was actually a CEO by merging two companies that was okay. in the consumer goods business and the coffee business. At that time, I worked with Jakobsdor Egberts, also called JDE, yeah. which is the world's yeah largest single coffee company.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was like a carve out from Maudelis or Kraft Foods, the, the coffee business, and bringing it together So that was, at that time, yeah, a very interesting journey as well. Merging two companies, bringing together two cultures. That's a little bit, if I compare that now at the moment, it's also, we have the Greifswald culture. We are getting other cultures into the business. Yeah, it's also merging two cultures. This is quite exciting. I think it requires also, yeah, a lot of empathy and uh, yeah, to create a spirit and a commitment.
0: You've used three words in our conversation today that clearly mean something very important to you, and that is people, culture, and family. You referred to the company as family. Why do you view, how do you view the Neoplas family? How would you describe the Neoplas family?
1: Yeah, first of all, we have very diverse team. Yes. And, them, and, and I think diversity is great because you have different backgrounds and it stimulates also, like when you talk about values of a company. Yes. Yep. And when I yep. say diverse people from, from Mecklenburg-Vorpommern, so which okay. is the north part of Germany, but then we have the salespeople. They come from across different regions yeah. of Germany. We have an international key account manager. And from the background, also, people have all different backgrounds. So that's what I mean with diversity. And also what I said, it stimulates and it brings, at the end, all the great values together, which is important to form as a diverse team, which was for us also important, the right values.
0: Yeah. Why is diversity so important to a company? I, we, this is a topic that comes up a lot in the U S, right? Uh, a lot of companies are promoting diversity and we at Nterra are promoting diversity. We are big supporters of it. Why is diversity so critical to the success of a startup?
1: Yeah. In my point of view, it's really very important. And we also discovered that we, we didn't have that from the beginning. I'm talking about interdisciplinary working together as an interdisciplinary team or inter...
0: Multi-skilled, multi-skills.
1: Yes, multi-skilled, exactly. Very cool. That's why that's really important. We also discovered that, I would say, particularly during the pandemic, like at a little bit of a later stage. From my experience, I knew it before, but we couldn't implement it from the beginning. But we all discovered, like when you think about a new product development, Mm -hmm. you need to have everybody on board. But it doesn't matter. That's just an example. It doesn't matter what it is. That's why we have on a B-weekly basis, team meetings to share what's going on in the company, on management teams. So for me, it's very important that we are transparent. So that sure. everybody knows what's going on, that everybody knows what's our target, where do we need to go? Yeah. To also, to, yeah, to get the passion behind targets, yeah. to get an understanding why things are important. Yeah. In terms of talking about the diverse and so on.
0: Yeah. So it sounds to me like the definition. Everybody has a different definition of diversity, right? So there's diversity in culture, there's diversity in skill. And clearly, Neoplast is a representative of folks with multiple backgrounds. You have folks from other countries who now live in Germany and work in Germany, but then you also have different skills, right? People bring different things to the table, right? And now your investors are Japanese slash American, right? And so you're... You can of all the CEOs I've had the privilege of working with. Obviously, I've had the privilege of working very closely on on this company with you. But you do have a knack for bringing people together. You have a great amount of passion. You have you have you're visionary and you lead by example and by really setting a clear goal for everybody. And that's something that I've I've learned tremendous amount from you about. And it and it's I think it's important. I also think culture is a big part of a business. I noticed your focus on culture, and a mentor that I once worked with years ago, his name is Mark Gantz, he's a CEO, was the CEO of Cambia Health Solutions, which was one of the largest Blue Cross Blue Shield health plans on the West Coast. They're based out of Oregon, Washington, and a few other states, and he used to say that culture can eat strategy for breakfast, but you have to be careful. Right. Culture is most important. Can you tell me a little bit about how you build culture, how you maintain culture, and its importance to the growth of neoplasmed?
1: First of all, it's very important that not I build a culture. We have to build it together. Ah, very
0: good. Very good. So what,
1: so, what we did one and a half years ago before we defined our vision, mm-hmm. which we also shared with you, empowering medical performance to enrich life. Before we started that journey, so we brought everybody together and made a kind of assessment. Where are the strengths of our team? Where are some weaknesses? How do we see each other? Where do we want to go? How do we want to be? How do we want to work together? Mm -hmm. So all these kinds of questions. So we did all together, let's say, a kind of assessment and. That was the starting point also of our journey. And another question is, do we want to be a pirate? Or do Uh, we want to uh, to be a matrose? It's also (laughs) because the boat itself, it's for us like our symbol. Yeah, that's our journey. And yeah, but to answer your question, it's not me building the culture, it's us together. We started the journey, we are still in the evolvement. I think it's never done. Because sure. everybody is developing and we as a team are also developing because ongoing, we are getting new team members with new cultures. So that's also something I think where you have just to have regular check-ins. Is it still, the same, uh, still the, do you live as a team, still the same values or did it change? So yes. I don't want to say that you change that question yes, yes. self ongoing, but um, you need to do it because, particularly when you are an, an enlarging team and building a fast growing team, mm-hmm. then you need to have these check-in points.
0: Sure, high growth is hard. Maintaining culture when you're growing a your company is hard, and it's. I think you've got it figured out. I think you've got a, a secret sauce here that makes makes this possible. What advice do you give to other CEOs who are managing or running high-growth startups with a rapidly changing culture and et cetera, et cetera? What Same profile, high-growth startups in an ever-changing market. What advice do you give to the entrepreneurs out there? Or better yet, what advice do you give any entrepreneur out there, right? So let's say somebody is, they want to become, they're a new CEO, or they want to become a CEO, I guess those are two different things. But for the people that are running companies today that are either venture-backed or not and are startups, what sort of advice do you give them?
1: So I think first of all is coming back on Walt Disney. Sure. Really, if you can dream it, you can do it. So I think that's really important, yeah, to be Passionate, so I think it's the passion. It's the passion for the business, but also it's being encouraged.
0: When you say encouraged, do you mean you needing the encouragement, or you giving the encouragement to the team members, or both?
1: It's both. It's both. From, okay. It's, bo- yeah. it's 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 both. But sure. you have to, as a leader, you. So as a leader, first of all, you need to have a vision. And then you need to follow their vision, this vision. It doesn't matter what crosses your road. You need to be encouraged and you need to go for that vision. Sure. And don't change too often. Volatility
0: can be difficult. Yeah, things are changing. If if the CEO is flip-flopping, it's not a good thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm also coming back, back to that, what I said before. You need to have a strategy. That's key. You need to have The right people on board. And then is your when you're a startup, you need to get the right strategic partner or the right partner, finance partner also on board. That gives you, let's say, the the breathe or the air to breathe. That you yeah, yeah, that, that you can accelerate your business or focus on your business and not only trying where to get the money.
0: Yeah. 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 It's interesting. A lot of startups in Silicon Valley focus on fundraising, not growing their business. It's hard. So I think your point about finding the right financing partner gives you the ability to focus on growing the business because that's the fun part. Yeah. That's the fun part. I love it. I love it. I love it. What advice would you give young, aspiring, future Ulrika Silers? right? People that want to become Ulrika Seiler, and they want to become, what advice do you give them? And how do they become you?
1: You need to be authentic to get that, to get the trust from your people because it's very important. So the team is crucial to get yeah. your team behind. Also, when we talk about vision, achieving results, all these kind of things. So as a leader, you need to be authentic yeah. You need to be visionary. You need to inspire. Yeah. You need to listen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen. That's a key listen. one. Yeah.
1: You also, I think, you need to celebrate. You need to yes. celebrate success.
0: Oh, people forget to celebrate success, right? They get there and then it's off to the next thing, right?
1: But They're... you need also to have in your culture that you can talk open, open. Yeah. Also, if things are not running well, that you can also talk in a tough way. If you if things need to be changed, and still also, and I had to do that quite often, you have to take also decisions like how do you call it? Not splitting up from people. Terminate. Uh,
0: yeah. Termination. Terminating. Yeah. Termin- yeah. Yep.
1: Termination.
0: Yeah. It's hard to talk about sometimes termination, but sometimes it's in the best interest. Of well, the company say, and that person.
1: Yeah. It's about talking about bad news. Bad so news. is important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Celebrate good news, but also talk about yeah. bad news and how to address it. Yeah.
1: And the, the other thing is what the team needs to have is in my point of view, when I hire new people, they need to be agile and resilient. Because also mm-hmm. nowadays, there are so many changes. And if people are not agile enough, they have to be strong and they need to understand also why things need to be changed. So these are for me two crucial capabilities which are really important.
0: So you're bringing up an idea that that is really important that I'm sure our listeners would love to learn more about. What's your process for, you mentioned some characteristics that you look for in a team. How do you hire those people? What do you do to make sure you're hiring the best of the best?
1: When you have the interview, I think mm-hmm. these are the first steps where you get to know each other in a better way.
0: Sure. First of all, sure. I
1: think to really find out if they suit to the company. Sure. So I will never take a decision on my own. Okay. Um,
0: so okay. I
1: will always involve other people, let's say from different functions. That's one thing. And the second thing is let's say, to make a, a small case study so that you also understand how a person acts when it's a little bit under pressure because right. only talking about, I mean, everybody can tell you everything. But <laughs> it's uh, I think But all listeners, I think they do definitely the same. But I think with case studies, you get to know each other in a better way. So that's the second part. So involving more people They have different, so that someone has with different people conversations, then you get a much broader view. Mm. Then they only except if you only interview the person. And second is like case studies.
0: Yeah, And
1: and the other thing is a third part is particularly in the engineer, with the engineers, Um, when we have a new new engineer coming in Mm. or in the production, Mm -hmm. So we let people come to the laboratory. So we let people in. They uh, they should get a touch and feel that things are not that organized like in a corporate life.
0: Okay. And uh,
1: and the other thing, which is for me also important, managing expectations. So I always tell where we are. We have not all processes developed and established. Everybody should know uh, what they can expect so that they are not disappointed. I think that's also important. That's
0: very cool. So it sounds like you're not just focused on filtering for the right person, you're also focused on retaining that person, right? Because getting the right person is one thing, but keeping them around, that's where you get the, the setting the expectation, Yeah, right? That's very cool, that's very cool. I like that, I like that. That's actually a really cool way of contextualizing it. That's really interesting. Thank you for joining us on the Health Tech Invest podcast, powered by Interra Ventures, your go-to source for healthcare and tech venture investing. For additional information, resources, and ways to connect with us, please visit interraventures.com. Together, let's spark innovation for the future of tech and healthcare investing.